Welcome to An Unexpected Launch, a series of stories about ordinary people who've navigated extraordinary circumstances. Join us for conversations with women, men, and children involved in mixed orientation marriages or marriage where one spouse is straight and the other is gay. I'm so happy to welcome you to my first episode, my first podcast, and to the beginning of my story. Matt and I had an epic first date. We met in college, and I came home from that date, and I told my roommate, that is the man that I'm going to marry. And indeed, I did. We had a fairy tale wedding, and I felt that I had married the love of my life, my forever. Together, we created a beautiful life. Matt and I were best friends. We supported each other. We had a blast with everything we did. And most importantly, we raised three incredible boys, Ethan, Aiden, and Nolan. I loved being Matt's wife and a mom. This was my identity. It's how I defined myself. I loved our family above everything in this world, frankly, above myself. After 24 years of marriage, Matt came out as gay. That day marks the most painful day of my life and launched me onto a journey that I didn't ask for or have the first clue how to navigate. My story unfolds on my blog, An Unexpected Launch, and there I share my process, my journey out of grief and loss, because I want you to know that you will find beauty, meaning, growth, and transformation despite your devastating loss. It's not gonna be easy. There are going to be moments that literally bring you to your knees And yes, I admit, there was more than one moment I found myself lying on my kitchen floor, unable to get up. Yet, I promise you with time, you will find your way. When Matt came out, I was panicked and utterly lost. And though you'll learn on my blog that throughout our marriage, I had suspicions that Matt was gay, he always found a reason to explain away my worry. And I was actively searching for clues, and I found clues. But Matt reassured me that he loved me. He wanted to be together for the rest of our lives. He was not gay. And panicked at the thought of divorce, not being a quote-unquote traditional family and being alone, I was so quick to accept his reassurances, and I rejected my intuition. I stuffed my fears, anxiety, and suspicions down deep as far as I could. I was willing this not to come true. Yet it was a fear that I lived with daily for 17 years. When Matt finally did come out, I found myself thrust onto a journey without a roadmap, supplies, or travel companions. I was completely (laughs) ill-prepared. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to best care for myself or guide our children. And just when I thought that I was at my lowest point in life, that it couldn't get any worse, our 16-year-old son was in a near-fatal drunk driving accident and sustained a severe traumatic brain injury. I happened to be on a business trip, of course, in New York. I received that phone call at 4.30 in the morning that every parent dreads. Are you the mother of Aiden Duncan? My heart stopped, and I now know the meaning of the words, my blood ran cold. 
My guardian angels were watching over me and I was able to get myself on the first flight out from New York to Seattle. On the way to the airport, I spoke to the neurology attending. He couldn't offer me any comfort. He had no idea what Aiden's prognosis was. While on the plane and several Xanax in, I Googled Aiden's diagnosis. And to my dismay, I read that it's associated with a 90% fatality rate. And of those who survive, most remain in a vegetative state. That was terrifying. I turned off my phone and sat for the longest six hour plane ride in my life. I didn't know when I landed if Aiden was going to be alive. My friend picked me up from the airport, took me to the hospital, and I arrived in the pediatric ICU to see Aiden intubated and in a coma. I also saw Matt, and things with us were so strained at that time. So we didn't have each other as spouses to lean on for comfort, support, a hug, during this terrifying time. I also saw Nolan sitting in a chair in the ICU, looking completely shell-shocked. My heart broke into a million pieces, not for the first or the last time. I'm relieved to say that Aiden did go on to have a somewhat miraculous outcome, yet it has not been without its struggles. I share more about his accident and recovery on my blog but let me say that caring for a child with a brain injury and trying to guide my other two children through a traumatic and chaotic time was challenging to say the least. And trying to do it as a single parent was lonely, terrifying, uncertain, unsettling. So to say that my life unraveled in a very public way is an understatement. I felt completely alone. I didn't know anyone like me who had traveled my path. Between Matt's admission and Aiden's accident, I was simply in survival mode for months. All the while trying to live in grace, putting on the facade of perfection, being a mom, cooking, baking, working full time, going on business trips, attending sporting events for our boys, going for girls nights out, and managing the unraveling of my marriage, my family, my home, and my life yet desperately wanting to show our children that I was okay and they would be too, hoping to show our boys that life as you know it can come to an abrupt end. Yet it's absolutely within our power to create a new life, to take what's been handed to us and use it to propel us forward, to become the best versions of ourselves. I refuse to let these events destroy us, to define us. I committed to taking these circumstances and transforming them into something incredible. I certainly didn't expect to find myself at the age of 50 needing to rebuild my life. I wasn't sure how to do it or where to start. So I simply began with one small, teeny tiny tentative step forward. Over these past three years, I've moved along on my journey and admittedly many times backwards, sideways and countless times I fell and I fell so hard on that path. The unwavering support of my family and friends provided me the courage, strength, and hope to keep going, to create a new life and a redefined family. Though I admit, despite being surrounded by family and friends, I felt completely alone. There were dark days that I didn't know how to keep going, and I have to admit that there were several that I didn't want to keep going. 
it took all of my willpower not to give up. And frankly, I thank God for my boys because it was them making sure that they were okay, that they had routine that kept me getting up. Many days I was exhausted beyond belief and I had lost hope. I felt that the rug had been pulled out from under me. I found myself on ice, unable to gain traction, slipping directionless with nothing solid to hold on to. During the seven months after MAP came out, my life was chaotic in a series of unfortunate events, one after the other. Two weeks he, after Matt came out, I went in for a mammogram and there was something suspicious and that resulted in two years of surveillance for breast cancer. Thank God that turned out to be benign. At some point we started mediation and we realized that we couldn't keep our beautiful home, the home that I loved and that we had raised our boys in. So I started the process of looking for a place to live and packing up 24 years of a marriage. Selling our home was incredibly traumatic for all of us. Ethan, who was in flight school at Purdue, was so anxious. He had several near misses in the air while he was flying, and that led him to drop out of his dream major. I just, I couldn't get a grasp on my life or my children's. In July, I hit rock bottom. I woke up one morning wondering, how the hell did I get here? And who am I? Because when Matt came out, he found his identity. He found this lightness. He was ready to move forward in his new life. But in that instant, I lost my identity. And when I lost my identity, I completely lost my confidence. And let's be honest, I didn't have a lot to begin with. It took me seven months to realize that I needed help, that I couldn't navigate this journey alone. I remember being in the ICU at one point and attending pulled me aside and said, you're in counseling, right? And I was so proud to say, nope, I, I've got this. I don't need counseling. Totally strong. I so badly wanted to conquer this on my own and, and I have no idea why, but there's simply no way that one person can handle that much change and loss. I finally sought professional help where initially I didn't have the attention span to make it through a People magazine. I finally returned to my love of reading. I devoured every book that I could get my hands on that would help me find meaning and give me hope and strength to move forward. And mind you, I gravitate towards perfectionism, so I was going to be the best at recovery, the best patient who worked so hard on every recommendation given, the best reader, the best journaler, the best vision boarder. I did everything under the sun to move forward, and yes, I was grasping at straws many times but I was gonna be amazing at recovery. I was gonna be back to normal in no time. I just needed to put in the work. I felt like I was working so hard, but didn't see signs of progress. And I'm an overachiever. So I felt like if I was putting in this effort, I should be seeing some results. Initially, I lived minute to minute. At some point, those minutes turned into hours, then days, then weeks and months. And one day I'd think, oh my God, finally, I'm here, I'm recovered. I can finally move forward. I'm on my way. And the next day I'd wake up hardly able to get out of bed. Somehow I dug deep and I forced myself to put one foot in front of the other every single day to get up, have another go at it, to try harder, to begin 
yet again. And I did find, and with some advice of a very good friend of mine, that every time I returned to that low point, I'd spend a shorter period of time there. And I found that it was easier to begin that climb back up. I've grown and evolved through absorbing the stories of others who've endured unimaginable loss and grief. Hearing and learning how others were able to create a new life and to move forward really inspired me. And over the past year, I've become a podcast junkie and my friends laugh at me because I begin most of my conversations with, I was listening to this great podcast and I learned. And I recently found the emotional strength to seek stories of people like me and families like us. However, when I started looking, I just felt that I wasn't relating to the stories that I was reading. I couldn't see myself in these resources and stories. And in my heart, I believe we have these powerful stories that need to be told to forge a path for those who are following in our footsteps. So I was driving to work on a beautiful sunny day, going over the bridge into Seattle, listening to a podcast, of course, And the idea for my blog and podcast, An Unexpected Launch, came to me. I decided in that instant, I was going to take our family's story, combine it with the stories of others, to create a resource and a community that offers comfort and reassurance that we are not alone, that together we will all rise. My first guests are people that I know and love, my ex-husband Matt and our son Ethan. Future guests are people who share their experiences navigating their loss. Our stories are filled with love, respect, friendship, heartbreak, grief, loss, and growth, transformation, strength, grit, courage, and most importantly, beautiful yet unexpected gifts. I'm infinitely proud of their courage for bearing their souls and sharing their most vulnerable moments with the hopes that their experiences can guide you. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share an unexpected launch with a friend. Aidan Duncan produced this episode and composed the music.